Securities and investment advisory services offered through Next Financial Group, member FINRA SIPC. Sierra Ridge Wealth Management is not an affiliate of Next Financial Group. The Dow Jones Industrial Average is a price-weighted index of 30 actively traded blue-chip stocks. The S&P 500 is a market-cap-weighted index composed of the common stocks of 500 leading companies in leading industries of the U.S. economy. This material is not intended as an offer or solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security or other financial instrument. Past performance does not guarantee future performance. All the views expressed are those of Hunter and not those of Sierra Ridge Wealth Management or Next Financial Group. Next does not provide tax or legal advice. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Wealth Accelerator Podcast. It's Hunter Lowry here. I'm a financial advisor in Northern California, and my goal is to help you to create a family legacy, not just short-term wealth. So, guys, today I want to talk to you a lot about risk. And, you know, being an advisor, obviously, I talk about risk with um, clients and potential clients all the time. I mean, how much risk are you willing to take on? What is your risk tolerance for this investment? How aggressive do we want to be? That's a conversation that I have constantly. And if you have literally been breathing and had just a conscious thought for more than a few days, then <laughs> you've definitely heard people say, you got to take risks to get reward. You got to risk it for the biscuit, right? It's obviously a very known fact that if you want a larger return on something, then you're going to have to expose yourself to more risk. And I'm not even talking about only finance right now and only investing. The the saying stands true with anything, especially in the sports world. And as you already know, I'm a really big sports fan. Uh, I always love to go back to the sports references. And lately, I have been going up to Lake Tahoe on the weekends to hang out and just get away from the heat down here. It's been so much fun. I'm only an hour away from North Shore, and it's usually about 10 to 15 degrees cooler up there in Tahoe. So it just makes for a really, really fun getaway weekend. But while I've been up there, I've been able to get the sticks out a little bit more and play some more golf. It's been awesome because it seems like normally throughout the year I play once a month maybe twice maybe but it's just enough normally that I feel like I should be playing like I did back in college but (laughs) it's not enough to actually have my swing dialed in and, and be putting up good numbers which can lead to a lot of frustration if you've ever picked up a golf club you know exactly what I'm talking about So now that I've been playing a little bit more often these past couple weekends, I'm starting to get my game back, starting to feel everything better, and it's just really, really been fun. But golf to me is one of the best examples of risk and reward that there is with sports. And it's something that I think I've gotten a whole lot better at as I've matured as a golfer and as a person. When I was younger, I just wanted to pound the ball as far as I could. Every hole, just rip driver. And I've always hit the ball a decently long ways so I just thought it was really cool to pound driver everywhere and try and overpower the golf course well yeah it's cool if it worked but on the days that the ball wasn't going very straight it was zero fun and I'd spend all day looking for my ball in the the trees and I've learned that you know being consistent making smart shots and not overplaying a course I'm going to put up way better scores that way And of course, it's the same with investing and with your finances. If you want to put it all on black rather than a diversified portfolio, which we talk about on here all the time, then yeah, of course, your potential gain is much larger, but so is your potential loss. And the funny thing about taking on risk is 
actually going in and determining your tolerance for what you are willing to lose. That's basically all your risk appetite is. How much can you personally lose without having a panic attack and selling that very second because you just can't take it anymore? Well, the hard thing about this is that it changes a lot. Your risk appetite changes when it comes to money. I have really good friends and clients who are the first ones that they'll go the, be the first in line to bungee jump, to be the first people on the front of the roller coaster, skydive, jump dirt bikes, the ones that want to rip driver every hole. But then if that same person goes and they lose a couple percentage points in their account, it really scares them quickly. And there's all these different tests that you can take, all these different questionnaires people have to find exactly what your risk tolerance is supposed to be. What is your risk number? But honestly, I don't, I'm not a huge fan or a huge believer in any of those because it's really hypothetical. Yeah, you know, I would love to go around telling everybody that I'm in to go skydive and I'm just like evil Knievel. But <laughs> when you actually get me up in the airplane and tell me to jump, I would be the first one screaming like a little girl and grabbing onto the handlebar of the door. Someone would seriously have to like just drop kick me in the back to get my hand loose and to kick me out of the plane. I, it would be horrible. And it's the same with these questionnaires a lot of times. It'll say, okay, what would you do if your account lost 15%? Would you sell, buy, or hold? Well, we all know the correct answer. We all want to say, yeah, if my account lost 15%, I'd see it as a buying opportunity and I'd put more money to it and know that the market's gonna come back and do well on that. Well, yeah, we can all say that, but what if you really needed that money next year to buy your home? What if your child needed those funds next month to pay for their first year of school? That's a way different situation than, oh, I don't need the money for 30 years until retirement. So it's really hard to actually know your appetite for risk until it kind of hits you in the face and you say, oh, that's it. Now I'm actually freaked. And for people who have hit that point before, maybe you're one of them, where you have seen your investments reach a point that you actually start to get worried. It feels like this is never going to come back up. It can take some time to build up the confidence to be willing to take on risk again. And for some people, it might change their risk tolerance forever, which brings me to this question that I receive quite often. Okay, Hunter, I have X amount of dollars, got half a million dollars sitting in the bank, CDs, bonds, whatever it is. And I just want to get a better return on my investment, but I don't want to lose any of the principal. What can you do for me? And it's, oh man, the good old, I want a good return with no risk question. <laughs> it's so many people want that product. I mean, why wouldn't you? If I told you, okay, Joe, Mary, listen here, I will guarantee you that you will receive 7% on your money every single year going forward. Never less, never more. No matter what happens, you're not ever going to lose. You'll always get 7%. Shoot, people would be running to me, booking calls every second that I was willing to answer. I'd be famous if I could provide that. But the truth is, everything requires some aspect of risk, whether you know it or not. So let's talk past just stocks, because obviously you already know that there is an inherent risk involved with the stock market. So where do risk-averse people put their money then? Well, usually when you think of safety, the first thing that people think about is bonds. So great, I agree, bonds can be safer than stocks, can be. There are so many different types of bonds that I'm not even gonna get into that here, but at the end of the day, you're still exposing yourself to a different risk, it's just at this point, interest rate risk. If interest rates go up, the value of your bond in the open market goes down. If interest rates are moving a lot, especially if they're constantly increasing, that wouldn't be great for your bond portfolio. Okay, bonds are risky, well, where else do people put their money for safety? 
maybe REITs, real estate investment trust paying dividends, closed-ended mutual funds for dividends, preferred stocks, all income dividend plays where you know we just want to generate income and we don't care as much about capital appreciation. But now we run into some liquidity risk. Some of these types of investments, you can't just pull your money out, maybe for a certain amount of time, maybe years, which of course we'd hope you would know that going in. But plus, when you do want to pull that money out, these investments still could have depreciated in value and you could potentially lose on the principal that you put in. Okay, well, what about fixed products out there like fixed annuities and things? Those are principal protected, right? You don't lose any you don't lose any money. It's only upside. Well, we're back to liquidity risk here. There's also a risk that the insurance company or whoever's providing those products might go bankrupt. All right, Hunter, <laughs> now you got me freaked out. I'm just going to put cash in my gun safe, uh, lock it in my freezer. Nobody's going to find it if I hide it in my shoes. So sorry to say, now you have purchasing power risk. Now you have inflation risks. The risks are endless, guys. Nothing's guaranteed, but nothing's guaranteed in life. Tomorrow isn't even guaranteed for us. And to me, that's motivating. That's not a downer. It's empowering that you want to get everything you can out of each day and live the life you want to live, not live in fear of the what ifs. And how then can we get you to a spot where you're not fearful about the risks of your money? Well, by really understanding what you want to accomplish, that's the answer. People take on more risk than they're comfortable with when the goal is just to grow the money. You know, they say, Hunter, I just want to be aggressive with this money. I don't really know what I want to do with it. I just want it to grow over time. I just want to set this aside so it can accumulate and I don't want to think about it. Well, that is a recipe for disaster. I am telling you. Being that broad and having that unclear of a vision it's fine until it's not, until things don't work out for a minute and you start questioning why it's not working. Why is the account dropped as much as it has? Why am I invested this way, not in another way? And that's when worry comes. At the end of the day, guys, I hope this motivates you to think about why you're investing the way you are, to think about what your end goals are and what you want your life to look like so that you can or I can help you understand on how to get there. And if you would ever like my help on going through your game plan and setting up your portfolio and your investments so that you reach all of those goals that you have set for yourself, then make sure you go to my website at hunterlowry.com and you can book a call with me right on my personal calendar. Thanks so much for listening. I sure appreciate it and have a great rest of your day.